Welcome to our midweek Bible study. We're glad uh, that you're able to join us online. And this is a very special week. Uh, this week, as we traditionally uh, focus more on the crucifixion of Christ and on his resurrection, this coming Lord's Day's resurrection Sunday. And traditionally, the midweek service on this week is devoted to a message and teaching about uh, the sacrifice of Christ, what it means to us, and generally we have a special time with our church family uh, to observe the Lord's Supper, the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, and this week, of course, we're not able to do this, and so uh, this makes this week particularly difficult for us not to get together, but we're not going to complain about it. We're just going to trust the Lord to use, us, use it. And I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 26. I'd invite you to turn there with us tonight. And I'm going to begin reading uh, from the Word of God a passage that has to do with Jesus and his time in the Garden of Gethsemane uh, before going to Calvary. And we'll focus on that primarily this evening. And we're in Matthew chapter 26. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 36, where the Bible says, Then cometh Jesus with them, unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here, while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time, and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. And let's pray as we begin. Father, we thank you for your word. We truly pray that you'd bless your word to our lives. Help as we study it together for us to learn, to grow. Lord, to personalize what you have for us, Lord, to just be um, focused on the great sacrifice that you made for us, undeserving sinners, that you would give your life for us, that we might know you, that we might be forgiven and have eternal life. May this week be a week especially devoted to loving you and praising you and thanking you, and we'll give you the praise for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. 
really no words could describe uh, the agony of the crucifixion of Christ. The emotional trauma, the spiritual trauma, the physical torment just defies our comprehension. But we're going to focus uh, on this Bible study really on this aspect, and that is the resolve and commitment that Jesus had leading up to his death at Calvary. So in our text, we find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. The disciples have left the upper room. There they observed the Passover meal with Jesus, and there Judas was identified as the betrayer. They left there, and they went to the Mount of Olives. Uh, this was not an unfamiliar place to the disciples. John's gospel says this about the place, and I quote, Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with his disciples. It was a place that the disciples went uh, regularly for seclusion, for a uh, place to pray, and maybe teaching. And this is a very special place. A lot of moments in the earthly ministry of Jesus were very powerful and remember we remember them well his incarnation of course his baptism his teaching of the disciples his preaching his healing ministry training people but this visit to Gethsemane uh, is a very special place uh, for us the journey to the cross led him to and through Gethsemane this journey did not begin uh, with the Gospels that actually begin before the beginning of time, where the Bible tells us that Jesus was the Lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. But at God's appointed time, the Father's appointed time, He left heaven, He came to this earth, and at about the age of 30, He was baptized. And this was all a part of this journey that would take Him through Gethsemane uh, to Calvary. This journey became more intense in those final days before he got to Jerusalem but this part of the this part of his journey becomes increasingly dark of course and painful it was in Gethsemane that the weight of what was about to occur began to be evident to others Jesus carried this with him of course throughout his life and what did he do? Well, in verse 36, it tells us that he, he asked them to pray. He sought their assistance, employed them in this matter of prayer. Verse 37 says, he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. This was not like the Jesus that they had known. He began to be full of sorrow, full of grief, full of sadness. Um, Jesus was the burden bearer. It was not his custom to ask people to help him with his burden. And uh, verse 38, uh, he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tear you here and watch with me. He, he revealed his need to them. He asked them to support him in prayer. And in verses 39 through 44, as we read earlier, he struggles between the weight of despair and uh, agonizing internally and having these painful conversations with his heavenly father if there be any other way but I want your will to be done 
and then checking in on his disciples who he found praying uh, on more than one occasion. It concludes in verse 40, 45 where Jesus says to them, the hour is at hand. Now is the moment. Now is the time. And then verse 46, a simple instruction, a command, rise, let us be going. So to me, this is such an important time for us to consider at any time, but especially as we consider uh, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. Now, Gethsemane represents the point of no return for Jesus. Now, Jesus, we know, is God, was God, always has been God. And it's not that Jesus could have sinned. He could not have sinned because God cannot sin. But this was a crucial moment on him taking on the cross, head on, taking on all that the cross and the moments leading up to the cross uh, would bring. Everything about the life of Jesus was victorious. He was victorious in his virgin birth. He was victorious in that humble birth in a stable in Bethlehem. He was victoriously baptized by John the Baptist. Uh, he was victorious as he healed the sick and raised the dead and fed the multitudes and lived an absolutely sinless, perfect life. And he came into the garden victorious and he left the garden victorious, knowing what he was about to face. He knew what this meant. He knew he was going to face the betrayal of Judas. He knew he was going to experience the denial of those he loved. He was aware, no doubt, of the unimaginable physical torture that he was about to endure. And of course, the heaviest of all burdens, taking the weight of our sin upon his sinless body. But Jesus did not shy away from that. He did not shirk that part of this journey. And I just think it's appropriate to try and take all this in because this is what he did for you. And this is what he did for me. He did it for those who cursed him and mocked him. He did it for those who have never heard and need to know about him. This is what Jesus was about to do. Now in this, I see a lesson, not just about Jesus, it's primarily, obviously about him, but he faced this, this enormous part of his journey uh, with victory. And I think it's a lesson for us on how we can face some of our most difficult moments. And I want to, I want to kind of just merge these two thoughts together for a few moments. None of us obviously will ever experience even a fraction of what Jesus endured. I mean, what a sacrifice that he paid for us, that he became for us, what a savior. But we do go through events, we do go through trials, we do go through hardships, we go through times that test us, that test our faith, that test our resolve. And there are things that we dread to take on there are things we wish we could avoid. There are things we don't want to face. So how did Jesus face what was before him? And I just want to, from this passage, give him praise for his response, for his grace, and find hope and help for us in our time. First of all, how did, how did Jesus go through and face what was before him? And I want to say he did it 
number one, with transparency. By that, I mean Jesus was open about the difficult place he was in. Now, as I said earlier, this, this must have been awkward for the disciples who had seen him as he commanded storms to be quiet and demanded that devils flee and raise people from the dead. But he was willing to say, basically, I need you to pray with me. I need you to help me. I need you to support me. And it just reminds me that it's not wrong to admit to others that we struggle. I want to make an application to our current events. And that is this. These are difficult times. These can be times of, of uh, discouragement, maybe even depression, times of uncertainty, times of confusion, times of fear. And I just want to say from my heart to whoever's listening and watching today, don't be too proud to say to someone, hey, I need your support. I need you to pray with me. Jesus was about to go into this moment that he had looked for for eternity, basically. And he began with saying, I'm, I'm asking you. Here he, he said to them, I want you to sit, sit here while I go yonder and pray. And, and he took Peter and James and John, asked them to pray for him. So he did it with transparency. But second of all, as I just mentioned, he did it with prayer. This visit to Gethsemane was to provide time and place to pray. It's mentioned in verse 36 that he, he said, while I sit you here, will I go and pray yonder? It's mentioned in verse uh, 39 um, where it says that he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed. It's mentioned in verse 42 where he said he went away again, the, it's, the Bible says again the second time and prayed. Again, in verse 44, where it says he prayed the third time, saying he needed to pray. He needed to talk to his heavenly Father. He needed to ask for the Father's strength, ask for the Father's help. We, and I just want to say, in times when we're facing unusual circumstances and difficulties, we need God's help. We need God's strength. And God urges us to seek him. God urges us to ask him, to depend upon him. It's vitally important before we go to meet our problems that we first meet with God. So we see, first of all, he did it with transparency. Second, he did it with prayer. Thirdly, he did it in solitude. He went to a place where he could be alone. He went to this place called Gethsemane. He left the majority of the disciples in one place and says, you sit here while I go yonder and pray. And then verse 38, you know, he left Peter, James, and John, and he says, Terry here while I go and watch, and watch, you watch with me. And he went a little further. He went a little further to be alone, to be by himself. And he wanted that place of solitude. And let me just say again, it's not unusual for us, any of us. If we're going through a hard time, we rely upon a support structure. We rely on other people, people that we can depend on to pray with us, etc. And be a help for us. There's nothing wrong with that. But all of this uh, will eventually stand or fall based on our individual faith and choices. 
And so we need to be alone. We need some alone time, alone time to pray, alone time to seek the Lord. And so he's, he, first of all, he went through this with transparency, second of all, with prayer, thirdly, with solitude, fourthly, as I said earlier, he went to it soliciting support. He, was not, he not only said, I'm going through a hard time, but he asked for their help. <coughs> Pardon me. In verses 36 and 37, again, we see this. He said, watch with me. In verse 40, when he found them asleep, he said, could you not watch with me? And so he, he solicited their support. That he, he, he wanted them to be on board, praying for him, watching with him. And once again, we see throughout the scriptures how God instructs us to pray and encourage one another. And again, during this time of isolation, during this time of separation, let's not allow loneliness to rob us of our peace. We need the Lord, but we also need each other. You know, Paul even asked for prayers for himself. Pray for me, he said, on numerous occasions. And uh, sometimes we think, well, I've got to do this on my own. Eventually, I mean, ultimately, we have to make the decisions that we have to make about our life. But uh, it's not necessarily the right choice to always say you have to go it alone. Call someone. If you're struggling, call someone. If you're discouraged and feeling lonely and, and confused and fearful, Talk over the phone, send a text, get on social media, do a FaceTime conversation, but, but get support. Let's get some support. So he went through this with what now? He went through it with uh, transparency. He went through it with prayer. He went through it with solitude. He went through it soliciting support. And fifthly, he went through it with full surrender. We're familiar with these verse, verses, especially verses 39 where he's praying and said, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Lord, I want your will to be done. Verse 41 again. Um, oh, excuse me, verse 42. Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And in verse uh, 44, he said, it says the same words. It, he went through it with full surrender. Not my will, but thy will be done. For many of us, including myself, this is a, a difficult position to come to. You know, Paul himself prayed three times for God to remove his thorn in the flesh. He asked God, Lord, please take this away from me. And then he, he submitted to that and said, when God said, I can use this in a, in a positive way in your life, then he said that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to glory in my infirmities. This time, we're in this uh, unprecedented stage of our church, of our country, of our, even of our world. And there are a lot of different ways to look at it, you know, who to blame, etc. But we can be sure of this, that God has allowed this for this time. And we need to be willing to say, Lord, we want your will to be done. It's not what I want. It's not what I would have chosen, but it, we want your will to be done. And this is not only true during the pandemic. This is true for all the days of our life. It's not our will that should matter the most. It's God's will that should be supreme. It's God's will that we pray for, that we want to happen. So Jesus faced this, this challenging moment. How did he do it? He did it with transparency. He did it with prayer. He did it with solitude. 
He did it soliciting support. He did it with full surrender. And finally, he did it with grace and resolve. In verse 45, after those times of coming to his disciples more than once and coming now again, he said to them, sleep on now, take your rest. Behold, the hour is come, or excuse me, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. And then verse 46, rise, let us be going. He, he asked um, them to pray. For, but when they came and found him, uh, came and found them, I should say, praying. He didn't, you know, he didn't get angry with them. He, 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 he faced his difficulties with grace and resolve. Um, he wasn't angry with those who let him down. And, and even when they came in a few moments with, G, with Judas to arrest him in the garden, um, they didn't find him cowering in fear. They found him walking in victory. And he was even kind and courteous to Judas, the betrayer. All he did here was simply announce that it was time. It's time to go. We've prayed about it. We've surrendered. We've gotten with the Father. We've, we, we know where this is going. Rise, let us be going. And what a lesson for us. When we go through difficult times, when we go through hardships, that we, can, we ought to pray about it. We ought to be surrendered to it. We ought to be transparent about it. We ought to be willing to say, look, I'm, I'm having a hard time with this. We ought to employ the prayers of others, and we ought to pray. And we ought to uh, ask for people to support us having get time alone with God and asking people to support us and fully surrender to what God wants. And then ultimately we have to say, it's time. It's time for us to go forward and do what God wants us to do. What an example we have in Jesus Christ. What a savior. I, I pray that this week, as we think about the passion, the commitment, the sacrifice, the love of Christ. We think about the sacrifice that he has went through for us on the cross. May we, may we be renewed in our love for Christ, our love for God's grace, our appreciation for what Jesus Christ has done for us, all for his honor and for his glory. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that you'd bless as we receive it and meditate upon it, apply it to our own life, and bless our time of discussion as we discuss these principles in our own life. And we'll thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. We provided for you some questions for you to discuss there with your family or whoever you're with. And let's take a few moments, go over these questions, apply them to our own life, and seek to have a better understanding of how the truths of God's Word could make an impression and an impact upon our life. God bless you.